As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. This is a Lip Media Podcast. We acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we are recording. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and the Aboriginal elders of other communities who may be listening today. Alright, everyone, welcome to this week's after show, Big Brother Up Late. So I have a bit more of a um, sobering topic to talk about, but I think a really important one, especially Mm -hmm. seeing the reports that already in 2019, 11 trans women have been murdered um, in the US. Trans women of colour. Trans women of colour specifically. Also, if you look at this statistically, I believe it was 26 trans women were murdered in 2018. Just in the US. Just in the US. So a lot of my figures are based around the US figures, yeah. just a heads up, guys. Yeah. From an analysis point of view, it paints a pretty grim picture mm-hmm. for what's been happening in the world for last year and what's still happening at this current point in time. And I think a hugely underrepresented and underappreciated part of our community are the women of color, mm-hmm. the trans women of color who have contributed a lot to what makes us the best G's yeah. that we can be. You, you see their footprints across all of the things that we enjoy mm-hmm. as gay men mm-hmm. uh, in our media, in our vernacular, mm-hmm. their impact, in our party scene. In our part, the it. impact mm-hmm. they have on our lives is incredible. But the, the sad reality is that systematically, Life is not easy for these people. And at least in the US at this current point in time, certain people are taking action to make life even more difficult Mm -hmm. for them. So a few points, for example, were things like Trump putting, well, we're moving rolling back. But he's really intent on like trans people and getting rid of their rights. He's really honing in on them specifically. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And they're things that fundamentally disable people from Mm -hmm. living successful Mm -hmm. lives. Mm -hmm. So if you were to ever ask the question, why is this number specifically for trans women of color Mm -hmm. so high? Why is that number and the violence directed towards them so high you could easily mistake it and go like well there's some sort of prejudice towards Mm -hmm. them specifically and and 
who they are intrinsically as people. But a bit of closer inspection realized, no, these people were set up mm-hmm. systematically set up yeah. to have violent acts mm-hmm. thrust upon them, unfortunately. Yeah. And even a few of, to bring it like locally here in Australia, a few of my friends that identify as non-binary or trans mm-hmm. have experienced the same extreme difficulties yeah. because what it impacts is employment, mm-hmm. housing, yeah. Um, yeah. healthcare, yeah. and also the protections that they get from law enforcement if you take those things away or make all of those things sorry i realize i'm monologuing right now no but if, 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 perfect yeah, if you good. take those things away from a person mm. you are basically putting them in a position where something awful yeah. is going to Absolutely, happen yeah. a really striking term which i hadn't heard before looking more into the issues affecting mm. the trans community is that of what they call survival yeah. work yes mm-hmm. it's been mislabeled as sex work and like maybe yeah. these people were dying like because a big part of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah maybe these people mm-hmm. are dying because they are involved in yeah the sex, like trade, sex trade or, or yeah. like drug dealing Drugs. or like yeah so forced into these roles um, yeah yeah but it's so striking to think of it no this is this is survival mm. well that's it like they're not really given any other opportunity and at the end of the day a lot of trans people are just trying to provide for their families and mm-hmm. create a safe space for themselves mm-hmm. by putting themselves in danger because that's the only option that they have. Yeah. Like I've heard it from my friends. They've basically said I've applied for 10 to 20 houses, mm-hmm. like in order to rent a mm. property. And they just know from the way they present yeah. Yeah. socially when trying to chance, put in, yeah. they do not have the same chance no. to get these properties. And so they couch surf, mm-hmm. yep. they spend time living in the backs of cars, mm-hmm. they're homeless for extended periods. And that is as far from what I would expect the reality yeah. of mm. a LGBTQIA plus person in 2019 in Australia yeah. to have to experience. Mm. And it's not hard to logically connect the dots for someone struggling to find housing, mm. yeah. struggling to get employment too. Um, these people have job interviews and they basically tell me within 10 minutes, they know mm. this is a no yeah. bueno. Yeah, it's not gonna happen, yeah. This yeah. is yeah. a no happen. bueno for me. It's not yeah. going to happen. That what options are left to Off these that, people. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's really important to discuss what is happening yeah. in the world, what we can do. It is, yeah. As well. Mm. And what the current perception of the experience the trans experience is yeah. for other members of the LGBT isn't there like community. expectancy 30 to 35 i saw yeah, that which is really, recently which is really, really in the united yeah. states yeah. specifically i think yeah, one thing i get really annoyed about is when we only look at american statistics because mm. it is yeah. the yeah. whole picture no, um, so in other culturally similar western countries to the us the numbers are, are really different so in the uk there was nine trans people uh, murdered between 2008 and 2017 so oh. across 10 years essentially there was nine people the last recorded murder of a trans person uh, I could find in Australia was 2016 and prior to that was 2014 now these statistics are still fucked up they're really 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 bad and it also doesn't mean that um, trans people in in these countries and also Canada is very similar New Zealand is very similar Uh, it doesn't mean that trans people in these countries aren't facing violence and discrimination and all the stuff that you've just described but I think it's really important to look at the numbers and ask Mm. why Mm. there is a difference Mm. and if the question is why are trans people of colour being murdered it sounds like a 
a really scary question mm. and, and mm. what the fuck is the answer. It's actually really fucking simple, I think. Mm. I think the difference when you look at these statistics, you've got to acknowledge, well, there's something culturally different happening mm. between America yeah. and these other countries. And you look at the leadership and you look at the advancements of rights of trans people and people of mm. colour, which sometimes are the same thing and sometimes are different mm-hmm. things depending on the, on the specific case, by their government and, and society as a whole. And you've got to acknowledge that there are differences there. When you are saying yeah. these people are not fit to be in the military or regardless of what gender they identify with, they're going to the prison that mm. it is for well, the, yeah. the, the, the gender they were That's born it. with, then you're basically validating the belief um, that these people are some sort of second-class human. Yeah. And you're validating the, the murderers that are going to go out and enacting these cases. And mm. then when these cases aren't being investigated at all properly yeah. That's it. looked And the police aren't trained in the right way to exactly. deal with yeah. it. And then, and like then when trans people- so, yeah. which yeah. I, And again, I'm not saying that it is, it's, it is perfect in Australia or the UK mm. or Canada or anything like that, yeah. but there is- a noticeable difference mm. in between that and America. Yeah. You sort of got to look at well, when people in, yeah. in, in countries like this are mm. going, are they getting more support than when they're going in America? Maybe that's mm. why these these people in America mm. are not feeling safe mm. enough to go to, and ask for help or ask yeah. for shelter or, or whatever. Yeah. And, and shelter is another thing as well. Like we, we have well, specific yeah. organizations yeah. here that are doing wonderful work to have safe spaces for these people to go to. Again, not enough and yeah. they need more no. resources that's and we, have not, we haven't solved the problem yeah. here. But doing better but than we need, yeah, yeah, when you're looking at these statistic 23 in one year yeah oh, and, and, that's, that, and that's just and trans that's, people of color and yeah. that's just the people that have been reported and that, as well. exactly like, that's so the other big the thing the amount of people that and i think it was actually that statistic was just trans women of color yeah, so on top yeah, of that yeah. you've got um the, uh, trans, trans women Latino, Latino, exactly and who are yeah. asian and and, yeah. and trans men and all sorts of that's other uh, people that 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 might be cross-dressers or something yeah, working in the sex space um yeah there is something really wrong happening in america at the moment for these people and it's scary and not to take away anything from anyone else living no, in any other country but I, I i almost feel like they should be given refugee status yeah to, that's to what other i was countries. it's it's um, well, i mean like our refugees have a great time here well like, yeah I, I yeah maybe not yeah. here but, no, but i mean uh, yeah it's it's i, I feel like mm. the, the un needs to sort of step mm-hmm. in and yeah. sort of say what yeah, the fuck is going on to that level. Here, it's like know? a full-on epidemic it's there's, really scary there's also huge numbers of misreporting due to mm-hmm. training like there are there's a number of trans people that are killed that are not reported as trans because the police force and then they not, use their na- like the different names and stuff that they yeah. don't yeah, yeah. so uh, i'm sure a lot of these figures are like in reality much higher than what mm. they actually are yeah but are you talking about the american figures or the rest of the yeah. world or? i would say across the board yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't i don't think there's a single country that could put their hands up right now mm. and say like we're good <laughs> we are yeah. all good on this we moved mm. to gusto yeah. And the other thing that I think is really important when discussing the experience of our trans brothers and sisters is I can only imagine the the mental impact that it has when the only time that you see Mm -hmm. your community represented Mm -hmm. is Is by death, like in memoriam. Yeah, yeah. it's shocking. Like when mm-hmm. we uh, were subjected to the postal vote, for example, yeah. the impact it had on me was I kept the only time I saw us represented in the news was when we were boiled down to a figure mm-hmm. yeah. because we were polling in a certain percentage mm-hmm. or whatever. And that really made me feel some sort of way. But for years now, trans people have had only experience seeing members of their community mm. represented in the media when someone died. Yeah. Mm. And and not nothing positive. Yeah, and by a violent yeah. death as well. And I think it's great that 
we are starting to tell more positive. Yeah, yeah, I don't wanna, yeah. I think we should and acknowledge the, that there's some incredible trans people that are doing work in the political spectrum and the, the yeah. acting and the media and all that sort of stuff. But you're right that it's it's that's not the regular. That is the exception. Yeah. That's the, the exception. Yeah. And and I think as members of the LGBT community, whenever we talk about something, I'm always like action orientated. I'm like, mm. what yeah, what can sure. you do? Like you're listening to yeah. the show. What can you do? Mm. Or what can I do mm. when I go home? Because these figures are fucking awful. Mm. Yeah. And and for me it always boils down to visibility and, mm-hmm. and because mm-hmm. these grassroots kind of things and it's about what you're sharing and mm-hmm. and not just although it is incredibly important to share the names and the stories of the people that have unfortunately mm-hmm. yeah. died in the last six months of this year but also the achievements the contributions to our culture mm-hmm. that the uh, trans community have had. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This sort of brings me back to like when the plebiscite was sort of going mm-hmm. through and I feel like one of our local people, Dawn Lee, was Dawn Lee. very, very vocal yeah. once the plebiscite went through because it we was- We need to get her on the show. Like we've spoken about <laughs> it before, but like it was, it was very much like we got our rights- and I feel like a lot of people in the LGBTQA plus community, once marriage equality went through, was just like, oh, okay, mm, cool, we're, we're here, done. we're done. Whereas Dawn Lee was very vocal and was just like, no, like, we're yeah. still not done. Yeah. We're still not there. Dawn Lee's great. There's still my trans brothers and sisters who are still suffering, yeah. and I still need you all and to that, come and that's together the thing, as the a community. Yeah. 100% not over for anyone. Mm-hmm. That's it. absolutely like, need to be speaking for the yeah. people. That that's it. I'm so lucky to have Dawn Lee in my life. She's, the, yeah. first, honestly, she's yeah. the first trans person I've ever met and had, like, yeah. a connection with, and I had an in-depth conversation in the club with her, but we just sat down, and we were both, like, yeah. off our face, and then I was like, can I just speak to you and ask you questions like un- For sure. unguarded and I'm curious and I've never met I someone like you not, and yeah. she was so lovely and warm and open and we just had like yeah. the best chat on the couch and it's important to build these people up and it's important like, to talk about these yeah, people as well yeah. that are doing this great yeah, work she's doing I, great work and she's always posting her piece on like Facebook yeah. like long thing pieces and like she's yeah. very intelligent and yeah. yeah I love her and everything she I does. had the pleasure of as we've talked about the Midsummer Extravaganza mm-hmm. producing that yeah. last year and hanging out with Carlotta um, mm-hmm. backstage yeah. was the, so Carlotta was a drag performer in the Lay Girls show, which yeah. was very famous up yeah. in Sydney in the, in the oh, 60s, yeah. and then was one of the first people in Australia to legally have um, a, a physical sex change yeah. operation. Okay. And is an incredible person. Like, yeah. so, like what a life. What, mm. um, but also we forget that Carlotta is a breakfast television host oh, in Australia. The oh, fact that yeah. Australia, I mean, I think- That's pretty progressive. There's a, a lot of shit happening in this country. Yeah. But I mean, I so rarely watch breakfast television because if yeah. I'm not at work, I'm Morning. hungover in bed. <laughs> but the fact that middle Australia is watching a trans yeah. woman yeah. On, television, on television sitting next yeah. to fucking, I don't know, Carrie Ann Kennedy uh, or whoever yeah. else is on that panel. Oh, no, Ding Dong Drysdale yeah. and, and those girls. I think that's really exciting. It's so amazing. And there are exciting people like that like, doing some really yeah. wonderful work and they deserve a pat on the back. I honestly didn't know a lot about Carlotta until I had watched the film based on her life. Yeah, right, yeah. Oh. The miniseries, yeah. we'd only just watched it recently and I was just like, holy fucking shit. This yeah. person is incredible. Yeah. They come from a really, really hard life and they've worked really hard to get mm. where they are and they've really promoted being a trans person is okay and a mm-hmm. really positive life. And, and, and yeah. it's just amazing. Years, yeah. I really, really love it. So it's important to focus on the people, I think, yeah. that um, just because I feel like they... If I was going through that much shit, mm-hmm. the last thing I'd have the energy to do would be fight 
for rides yeah, or five. Absolutely. I would just be like, I just need a fucking need second a at home on the couch yeah. watching Netflix. That's it. Um, and yet these people still mm-hmm. have the energy yeah. to go so out be and there, party. Be there for your trans brothers and sisters and support yeah, them. Support them and and promote it, them. Be yeah. that support network. And educate everyone else yeah. around Spread you about the word. them. Well, look, it's been a bit of a heavy topic. We probably should yeah. have put this in the main show, but um, I'm, <laughs> thanks for sticking with us through it. Um, nice. Some very important stuff we've chatted about this evening. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, have a think about it. Have a chat. Talk about it. I love you guys. Love you too. Love you guys. Bye. Bye. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of $15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. So now that Carl's finished talking about weddings for 20 minutes, welcome back to the after show. <laughs> hey Luke, go fuck yourself. <laughs> thank you for uh, thank you to our patrons for supporting the show. It helps us put on our live shows and tour and and bring you some quality content. Uh, so as this goes to air, we will have just had uh, World AIDS Day, uh, mm-hmm. which I thought might be a good chance to sort of have a bit of a refresher about what World AIDS Day is and what the focus was this year. Mm-hmm. And also just talk about how where we're going as a community in relation to that. So for anyone that's not aware, World AIDS Day is on the 1st of December. It was established by the World Health Organization Mm -hmm. in 1988, both to raise awareness and also share information about uh, HIV and AIDS. Obviously, at that time, it was sort of the peak of the AIDS epidemic. Um, But over time, it's also, or over the years, it's also shifted a lot of the focus to also be about fighting the stigma that a HIV uh, diagnosis uh, comes with. Um, So this year's theme was communities make the difference Mm -hmm. um, because communities do play a huge role in ending transmissions of any disease yeah. so that's what they were really focusing on this year and stigma is 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 a huge part for people living with mm-hmm. hiv still yeah it's it's awful obviously hiv is no longer a, a death sentence but we still see politicians and, and high profile people using terms like eradicate and banish yeah. and that sort of thing uh, when you sort of think about it how it would feel for a person who's living with hiv to hear terms like eradicate and banish one of the big reasons for that is a, re- a recent study uh in the states revealed that 28 percent of millennials you and we would think that millennials would be the more progressive people when it comes to stigma and that sort of thing. But 28% of millennials would not talk to, be friends with, or hug a person who's living with HIV, which is Mm. fucking awful. Um, And it also showed that 41% of Generation Z, so that's people under the age of 22, and 23% of millennials who are HIV negative were completely or or Mm. partially uninformed about what HIV even is and how it can be transmitted. Yeah. Which is really scary considering that... You know, whilst new transmissions have not hugely increased or decreased over the last yeah. few years, uh, a lot of them have been young people. Mm. So we're sort of this this knowledge isn't being shared. This inf- it's not being talked about mm. the way it needs to be talked about, and young people aren't getting the information that they need for yeah. us to end new transmissions. We talk about the young folk, yeah, <laughs> on the show quite a bit, and how in tune they are with mm. so many social the pulse. issues, mm. and and. They're falling on the right side of so many mm. things. Mm. Like going through some of the stuff about World AIDS Day, 
really just poses a question to me. Why is this particular thing mm. seem to be skipping the generation? Like, why are young people still so uninformed yeah. about HIV? Education. It's, a, it's a really good question. I mean, look, I think it all stems back to that how how the conversation happened in the 80s and mm-hmm. the the you know that we've talked about the 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 grim reaper it's really just i think a hangover still from that period of time when it was discussed in a really so the grim reaper that was an advertising campaign it was australia? an advertising campaign it was specifically australia it, it was uh similar ones were used around the world but okay, yeah australia yeah, yeah. had a very strong campaign uh-huh. um and there was often there was one famous one that i remember clearly of um the grim reaper bowling in a bowling alley and then there's like all these different sort of stereotypes yeah. of the community standing there and it's oh, sort of damn, saying you it's never like know who it's going to hit. Yeah, exactly, wow. yeah. But I mean, look, the Green yeah. Reaper is, is a, a symbolic thing that we can reference when we're talking about the way that it was treated, but there was also yeah. just a lack of conversation about what it is and mm-hmm. even when they did discover what it was, this attitude towards people that have it was still very much yeah. about them being dirty and yeah. not to associate with them and to mm-hmm. stay, steer clear of them and that sort of thing, which of course we now know is, yeah. is completely untrue and have known that for a long time, but yet- mm-hmm. Sadly, that conversation is not being filtered down. And it's because of assholes like Donald Trump. What? He's a great guy. (laughs) (laughs) He's been president for three World AIDS Days now. Uh, oh, so right. he's made speeches yeah. on all of those world. And just AIDS fails days. to mention anything about like gay people or bisexual. Never yeah. mentioned LGBTI community in any of his world AIDS day speeches, yeah. which is really fucked because we know that the stigma and fear leads to people not having all the information and all the tools yeah. that they need, which then in turn allows mm. the disease to thrive. So yeah, yeah, it trickles down. Really fucked because it's it just goes back to his politics, his personal politics, it- who he's trying to appeal to, mm. and it infuriates me that you can something as important as this you can still play politics with it it's really mm. fucked and it's his personal politics because yeah. it's, it's not it is, a standard yeah. that's been set Obama no, absolutely not. yeah Obama like Obama yeah. specifically mm-hmm. mentioned the LGBTI mm-hmm. community yeah. so because I think some people here pull quotes like mm-hmm. that like Donald Trump didn't mention it and they just assume well maybe in that position you're just no, not supposed it. to or yeah. whatever but the the truth is these are personal politics and that's yeah. a conscious Choice. Yes, he's trying to appeal to a certain, and it doesn't times. suit his political uh, profile to be talking about the LGBTI community and how mm. it, it relates to, to HIV. Yeah. So, and and the problem is that is, I feel like sometimes it, it feels like we're saying, oh, we're not getting acknowledgement or something like that. It's, yeah. it's much bigger than that. It's really important that we, people we were like- We speaking about before about, about millennials um, having like, a, was it 20, 20 what percent of millennials? 28% yeah, of having millennials. Yeah, having a lot of stigma. Um, I wonder if that has anything to do with the education they're getting in schools. Like I only did the last two years of high school in Australia. So yeah. I don't know like what kind of education you guys had growing up here mm. in regards to HIV and AIDS. Yeah. I had um, no education. You, nothing? Like so no. like they don't actually teach much here no. in well, Australia. Just to be clear that study yeah. was a, That's an American US. study. Yeah, okay. But I, I would suspect that there is yeah. sort of similar results if you were to do mm-hmm. the study here. Uh no, my education about HIV uh in an always Catholic school mm-hmm. in the early late nineties, early noughties was that if two men have sex they will get AIDS. Yeah. And, and my best friend and I were having sex at the time secretly yeah. and we went out so and like, that's, that's it so yeah, yeah. yeah we didn't know that it was a disease or mm. or how it was transmitted and that sort of thing so we were just yeah. told by a RE teacher an mm-hmm. old religious person that if yeah. two men have sex that they'll right. just automatically that's, a how that's, it, that's how it happens that's so interesting and we believed that for months because obviously I grew up in South Africa and mm. it's like one of the number one killers mm. in Africa yeah. HIV and AIDS and it, it was it was quite a big part of our education actually but never in kind of regards to gay or bisexual not people not gay 
make contact. Yeah, because I think it is a big killer of the African communities mm-hmm. uh, yes. because they don't believe in protection. And, um, well, they probably a, don't have all of the... Yeah, I mean, and, uh, yeah, technically, obviously. we're in a Christian country and, and mm-hmm. Christians don't believe in protection, but they still yes. use it because yeah. they've had the, the but, um, tools. There, there, are, there are a lot of like superstitious people and believe yeah. certain things, a lot of that. So it was trying to get a lot of education. So we've been talking about all the bad stuff, but there have been some really nice um, progressive things happening around the yes. world. Like I saw an article in New Zealand that they are the world's first sperm bank for people with HIV, yeah. um, which is uh, helping to alleviate stigma associated yeah. with it. Yeah, and what a great way of doing it. Such because- a good one because like there's so much associated with like blood donation and everything yeah. like that. So I think that is a great way to combat yeah. that. When exactly. people realize like that, that a HIV positive person can be a sperm, sperm donor, they sort of, sort of realize. Yeah, you're like, well, hmm. It's um, an online sperm bank too, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So they can- <laughs> Really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's I like that online. Mm. Okay. I always think, you know, and there's a lot of argument about whether you know commercial support for LGBTI mm-hmm. causes are a good thing or a bad thing, um, but I think it's really worth looking at the, uh, the commercial sector and seeing how they're integrating yeah. um, with these sorts of things. So Apple has its its Red oh, Apple program. Apple. So Apple is in like <laughs> Macintosh. Um, I don't think Macintosh. Who the hell calls it Macintosh? Yeah. You know what I mean. Jasper's <laughs> Apple is an iPhone Apple. Yeah, uh, have the Red Apple program in the states where the stores turn red for yeah, for all the logos. Eggs, so, yeah. I think on the top of the store and they have red decals on their windows. Exactly. Yeah, I think any product red item that they sell a part of that goes towards also, it as right. well and then i oh, think fantastic. that's all throughout yeah. um, throughout the year as well yeah. so that's really good mm. at least and i mean because they would be making like fucking oh huge like, amounts incredible money. and they can afford to be doing yeah yeah it. absolutely yeah. so it is nice to see kind of corporate companies like that mm. doing some part having such a big impact yeah i think the great thing too about raising awareness is it's something we're learning more about generation by generation mm-hmm. so i've specifically learned things about the language to use around HIV through doing this show itself and Mm -hmm. through certain individuals in our community Mm -hmm. who were really vocal and are really passionate about this. And and even as someone who is quite knowledgeable Mm -hmm. about things happening in the LGBT community, I realized some of this trickle-down stuff is missing me as well because Mm -hmm. I'm just getting the mainstream Mm -hmm. media approach. And so the language I was using is outdated Mm -hmm. because I was raised in that same generation as Tom, Mm. which had really fucked up views about it. But I think representation is so much better now. And I've said on the show heaps, but Pose, like, to watch Pose, which showed the human impact of the AIDS crisis, but Mm. also from a few different perspectives of living through it, Mm -hmm. as well as the struggle Mm. that I think the show, you know, some of it's a bit fluffy and whatever, but from that angle, it it, it it really is an important piece of media. Mm. Yeah. And uh, when we talk about young people and how they're getting their information and what they're interested in, it's it's the media. Mm-hmm. Millennials are tuned that's into the media the and that's how yeah. they know about stuff. Yeah. And Pose um, getting so much attention, being so popular and being av- like mm. widely available, yeah. I think that's something that I would definitely signpost towards the younger generation yeah. mm. to say, hey, this will actually give mm-hmm. some an empathetic view towards mm-hmm. that experience and may help you on the path to further your, your knowledge about yeah. what it's like now. 
and I think also really helpful people like JVN, Jonathan Vaness coming yeah, forward absolutely. and these really like kind of positive role models for people yeah. coming forward and telling everyone that they have this, this yeah, virus I mean, and it is very livable. Yeah. for any vilified yeah. minority is so important mm. in mainstream media and to have someone like Jonathan Nan Vaness yeah, I think that um, who is so... just living you know his best life and is such a happy wonderful person yeah. um, of course it's also really important to sort of talk about what's happening at home as far as access yeah. um, and I didn't realise until I was reading up to, about this today that Victoria only has one government funded sexual health clinic yeah. that anyone can in, drop into so that's the Melbourne Sexual Health Clinic okay. I cannot sing their praises yeah. high enough um, obviously in Australia we can also go to GPs and that sort mm-hmm. of thing um, there's also the Pronto Clinic in Fitzroy although that's designed for men who have sex with men um, so the Melbourne Sexual Health Clinic, clinic on Swanson Street uh, just at the top of the city in Carlton Anyone can walk in there, mm-hmm. you don't need an appointment, and they'll see you and help you. But it's so busy that there's times where they have to close their doors because there's too many people to see. Yeah. I mean, I've been there at times mm. when there's like a three and a half hour wait. Wow. And for me, it's like, you know what? I dropped in here. I'm getting a free service. And yeah. if if I, my t- uh, test results are, are positive for something like gonorrhea or chlamydia mm-hmm. that they can check on the day, then I will get my medication free of charge as well. Yeah. Personally, for me, when I'm sitting there for up to three hours, I don't mind. But then I also see people yelling at the staff. Yeah. Because it's taking too long and that sort of thing, which really fucking shits me. And they also have to sometimes advise that if you come in in the afternoon that they might not be able to see you that day, depending on how many people have presented that day Mm -hmm. and that sort of thing. Yeah. Have you you used Melbourne Sexual Health Clinic before, their services? No, not that. Oh, you've never been? No, No, I haven't. I I think I've only been to Pran Clinic. Yeah, right. Which is which you you book in for an appointment. Yes, yeah. Yeah, I booked in there. Yeah, so I didn't wait That's great as well. Being able to book an appointment is really useful and helpful for some people. Mm -hmm. Walking clinics, I think, are really important because, A, it might be something that you've just got symptoms of that needs to be treated really urgently because you're in a lot of pain. And also for a lot of people, just the Mm -hmm. fear of going to a doctor about their sexual health. If if they're not someone that talks about it quite Mm -hmm. openly, you know, they can be scared shitless going to a GP and also making an appointment can be really scary and then having to wait two days to go and talk to yeah. a doctor. All if the wait times just, are very scary. Yeah. yeah. If, if you can have a drop-in clinic, that means it's, you know, you can go, right, I have the guts to do it right now. I'm going to go just to the right yeah, now and I'm just going to go and encourage and <laughs> Just <Yeah>. go, yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, I was shocked to find out that, that the Melbourne Sexual Health Clinic is the one in Victoria considering New South Wales, which has a similar population, yeah. has 37... 37? 37 drop-in... What the hell? ...drop-in clinics, yeah. Why do we only have one? Oh, my gosh. So lovely to see you again, boys. And mm. uh, thank you again to yeah. our Patreon subscribers. We love you so much. Yes. We'll and remember you. to recruit a gay friend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And bring them to our live <laughs> we'll Yes. You. We'll see you at the meeting, yeah. Yeah, yeah, at the meeting. <laughs> Every Sunday. Bye. Bye. Bye.